0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Wednesday evening uh, US uh, v. Brown Bag. Um, This evening, we're going to be talking using Ansible to provision a private PKI with Anthony Chow, um, who is at A. Cloudern Beer. A couple of housekeeping notes. Get in on the conversation. Um, we are on Twitter, at vbrownbag. Uh, if you use the hashtag, um hashtag vbrownbag, I will be able to respond and field your questions in, uh, in Twitter. Um, again, our expert is, this evening is Anthony Chow. Uh, my name is Chris Williams, and away we go. Mr. Chow, let me uh, turn over the rights to you.
1: And how do I share my screen?
0: There you go. All right, you are now the presenter and you'll see a little pop-up that says, I see your screen. I see your uh, Uh your desktop, and there it is. Perfect.
1: Okay, thank you. Welcome to back, and thanks for having me tonight to share about my experience on using Ansible to provision a private PKI. I'm a software developer. Today we are looking at uh, two things at one time. It is really simple to do what I just said to use Ansible to provision a private PKI. It will only take two commands and change the configuration file and will be done in five minutes. And this is the building of automation and open source. What I have found is that Ansible is really easy to learn. Today, let's go through my journey on how I use Ansible to provision a PKI. But before I start, I have one comment about uh, questions. I do welcome questions, but since I'm new to Ansible, I might not be able to answer the question immediately, but I will guarantee you, I will go and find out the answer, and this is uh, how I can learn more, and this is also a great opportunity. Okay, recently at my work, which is my day job, we are developing some security features that requires a private PKI for testing our code. One morning in a staff meeting, I big mouth saying, oh, it would be nice if we can automate the provisioning of the PPI environment so that both test and development can have the same set of X.509 certificate to test. So actually, I was just trying to hit my boss to do something about DevOps. On the same day in the evening, I saw my boss in the hallway and he asked me, when will you get it done? Well, I said, I asked, what done? He said, oh, automate the PPI environment. Well, well, I did not expect him to really buy into this idea. Now I have to. But the problem is that I have to get it up and running in real short time.
0: <laughs> now
1: you <laughs> uh, People who heard about a puppet chef and Ansible. Well, for me, when I have when I was given the job to automate this process, I the, I immediately thought of Ansible because I was trying to do some work on the OpenStack Ansible project. Before doing some contribution, I need to set up a test environment. So on that front, I find that I have not have the enough horsepower for spinning up an OpenStack Ansible or in one setup in my home lab. But anyway, this is why I have chosen Ansible. Because for me, Chef, Puppet or Ansible are all good tools and each have their own point. So it really depends on me what we want to do and how comfortable we are to use this tool. I choose Ansible because I was working on this and I want to kill two birds with one stone and that is to sharpen my Ansible skill. Okay. Um, there are some weddings I attend like to have a slideshow of the bride and bridegroom showing from when they were born and how they met and what they did together before the wedding day. And now, So today before we marry Ansible and Private PGI let's take a closer look at these two items. Well, Let's see, let me go to the next slide. Ansible uh, was an open source, uh, before that, IT technology is very uh, moving in a very fast pace, and we need to keep up and stay relevant, well, we need to learn new things constantly. Uh, maybe because of my background of being a software developer, where I always look at the data structure before looking at the actual code. I always start with looking at the terminology and the architectural diagram when I want to learn something new. And this is also true when I try to learn Ansible. Well, PTI, I have known that for a few years back, so I do not have to go through this particular exercise. Well, Ansible was an open source project started in 2012 by Michael DeHan. I hope I get the last name right. And in 2013, the company Ansible Inc. was formed to put together a commercial product that can be shown to make profit. And then just last year in October, Red Hat bought Ansible. I believe this is the big push for this product as Red Hat is going to integrate more Ansible into their product. Currently, the release of Ansible is in 2.1 and 2.2 is coming with more features. Well, speaking of that, I'm going to show you one of the announcements. Actually, this announcement just come up. Today Ansible 2.1 with network. I thought this is 2.2, but anyway, with the new release of Ansible, it will have more features. Uh, as you can see, uh, container is one of the key issues, core uh, features that Ansible is going to integrate with, and also with networking equipment, both for Cisco and VMware. So I think this will be a very interesting release and hopefully this tool will help us to get the software-defined data center into a better shape. Anyways, uh, let's get back to Ansible and get back to my slide. So Ansible, I think there are a few things we need to know about Ansible. It's an agent, it's pool-based, and there's also one important concept, it's called idle Potent. That is such a word that I may either I may not be able to pronounce it correctly, but this is an important concept for configuration management too. And this is means that no matter how many times we run the same command, as long as the specific state of the target machine is what we want, it it, it will nothing will get changed. Uh, unlike if we want run, run some shell script. Uh, you will see some a uh, lot of errors if we already things already been done. But for Ansible, we can run the command. you can hit the uh, uh, up arrow button and return and start that same process over and over again, and this will just uh, let you know that this has been done and already taken care of. For Ansible, it's Python based and use SSH to connect to the remote system. Uh, I forgot uh, uh, offhand during the presentation, I got a little bit nervous. I forgot how they get connect to Windows machines because I don't think there is a native SSH support in Windows machines but they do have a mechanism so that we can use Ansible to manage Windows machines. And also one thing we have to know is that they use YAML. I cannot say specifically that YAML is to, uh, to specify the configuration. But actually, just more than configurations, something called actions. Before we dip deep deeper into Ansible, I think there are four terminologies that we must know when we get into it because these are the terms that we see in a lot of the documents. So if we can identify and know what they are, that it will help us to understand the documentation or whatever uh, blog post that we. The first terminology we need to know is inventory. Inventory is nothing more than just the target or the host. Well, when we call the host, it will, we might be thinking about server, but if we can look later, the target could be lots of things. As we show uh, the, uh, on, the, on the latest release of Red Hat Ansible, is that some of the target can be physical networking equipment or it can be SDN, VMware's NSX or Cisco's ACI. Those can be other targets too. Uh, The next thing we want to know is modules. Modules are the things that we want to apply to the target, and tasks are the input parameters for the modules. This is a very important concept because this is kind of the smallest building block for ANSIBLE, so we need to know what module is. And with modules, there is something called play. Plays is just a collection of modules put together so that you'll be able to uh, have, which is be able to configure the target machines. And playbooks is just a file with plays that contains different modules with tasks. Well, I hope I'm not going too fast, but then these are important key Terminologies that we, we we know, and hopefully during this hour, we'll you have a better understanding of what they are. Well, as I said, we're looking at the uh, if we had a, at the at wedding, we look at the slideshow of the bride or bridegroom. We have already a few slides, but what can Ansible do? Well, you see, if my uh, at this slide, I point to a website, and let's go to that website and take a take a quick look. I have this over here. Uh, I would have to say this website is very rich and very well done. Uh, if you will scroll down um, more, you will see tons of information. Um, Ansible Tower is the commercial product. Oh well, Ansible itself itself is open source, and then Red Hat Ansible has a product called Ansible Tower. And then there's different resources, success story, try to convince you to use Ansible. Just some of the uh, company that uses Ansible, and this is all the training. I think this is more interesting for us. This is webinar and training, and this is more resource. And then this one has a good summary of what this website is. But then, if you go up here, this is also very nice because you will see uh, You can see how Ansible work. You will see uh, use cases. Before when we look at Puppet, Chef and Ansible, we might be thinking, oh, those are configuration management tools. But if you look deeper into this website, it is not just configuration management. Because I think all these tools they are moving toward uh provisioning, more toward apps deployment. Or most of all, if you're into DevOps, the continuous integration or continuous delivery. and uh, CI and CD are two different things but they're related, they're the same similar concept. And also security and compliance and also for orchestration. If you look at the website, you will see people using Ansible to provision um, Raspberry Pi for Docker clusters, which is interesting because there's a a new concept because you can um, Configure the Docker Swamp into four or five different Raspberry Pi and that with that, that is already a cool concept. We can use Ansible to provision the whole thing. I have yet to try it. I already have one uh, Raspberry Pi and then I'm getting the essential uh, accessories from my friend, but borrowed from him so I can play around with that. Well, back to Ansible, I, I, I get distracted easily. But anyway, for integrations, uh, Ansible integrates with different things, and I think for vBroundback, which what I think is still with, is a VMware-centric uh, podcast, uh, Ansible is able to to um, to integrate with We realize automation. I'm not sure if you can uh, integrate with VCAC, but uh, but uh, it could be the same thing. But I'm not sure, sure, but for sure, it has integration with VMware. And you can see from here. Let's go take a quick look for integration. That uh, for infrastructure, this is, this website has very rich information that we can all go through. And then you can use uh, uh, Ansible to provision an OpenStack cloud. You can talk to use Ansible to provision stuff in uh, um, AWS. I think Azure can be done also, but may not be. That sophisticated as the other cloud infrastructure and this is some And for the product you can see Ansible Tower these are all the commercial products you can brought and I think this whole website is trying to get you to buy the products and this I think this is also good for us this is a resource and again this is the most important for me is the community um, thanks to the V community, I was able to learn new stuff, as not just for the information. V the whole community with all the different different people, is able to help me, to move me, to motivate me to learn more stuff. So we cannot just mix up uh, because Ansible is an open source project, it's hosted in GitHub. If you want to, you can also pull the whole thing of Ansible source onto your machine and then compile and run. Ansible Galaxy is a very interesting thing, because this holds a lot of uh, Ansible, uh, what's the right word, it's it's not script, but it's also called uh, playbooks. It holds different playbooks that you can download for yourself to suit your needs, so you don't have to write your own thing. And later on we're going to talk about uh, Ansible Galaxy more. And this is just an overview of what Ansible is. One of the things that I found is that uh, this documentation from Ansible is also very good. This logically defines the whole product. If you look at it, if I, if I, when I look back, going through my learning journey from about Ansible, that this, these things are very interesting or very helpful to me. First of all, it has the introduction. This is the scale you started. It talks about the playbook, which we'll get into later. But this is also the the modules that I'm talking about and I think very interestingly, this uh, module index is very nice it outlines all the different modules by group or by types so if I have a need so I can go in and say oh would there be something if I'm let's say my background is a software development on networking equipment if I want to provision some networking equipment in my company so I can go directly to network and take a look it's to see if there's something that I that is useful for me. Oh, they even categorized by the product, so these are very helpful. So I think that when we get into Ansible, this is a very nice resource. And then the later one we get back is uh, again YAML. If you're new, but it's very easy to learn. And let's go to introduction part. It's also very rich. It's not just a simple introduction, but it really out outline. Uh, the whole product. And that is called something called the ad hoc command. And I think, at this time, I think it's, it, since this is a V-brown bag, and I'll just keep on talking and talking, I need to do some demo. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so I have, a, I have a box that SSH into. in two. Let's say we're going to do some, um, let's see, VBB. This is one of the directory. I have, I spin up three machines, but actually, um, this is good for. I did not de- deliberately want to want to make this mistake, but let's say we. Oh, uh, incidentally, you can also use uh, put ansible as a provider in the vagrant file. This is very nice vagrant status. I have three machines, but only two of them are uh, uh, vagrant. if I can type it right. Um three machines, and two of them is up and running. The other one is in the guru. Meditation status. This is something I find today. That um, the machine is a little bit slow. I only have four gigs of RAM. As you can see, I have three machines, but only two are running. so for Ansible, I did not go through the installation process because this is because different people using different machine and the different installation process is really really simple. So once we have, uh, for me, I have a Ubuntu fourteen oh four here as my demo machine. So what I have is. Uh, I download Ansible. So after we Ansible, we can see which Ansible. I have this and then see what version I'm running. I'm running an old, old 19, 194. So we can go to at C and Ansible. This is a important or essential directory for running Ansible because what it has is the Ansible configuration file. Today, we're not, I'm not going to touch on how to tune the Ansible configuration file because this is depending on your uh, the individual needs. But there are two things that we look at is in this is that there's one more file called the host and there's also a directory called the rows and we will go into the rows later on. But let's take a look at the hosts. Yeah, I'm still old school, I'm still using VI because things like this time, uh, situation like this, VI is, is a safe bet for me if I get used to this uh, state-of-the-art uh, uh, editor, then I might get into trouble because I SSH I cannot use those. Okay. See, so, yeah, I get distracted again when I talk about VI. So this is the sample file. What is called inside is called the inventory. This is all commented out. But to run things, I have put in three things. I have my application server, so I group them in two. This is one application server, this is another one, I group them, I give them a name called application. And then there's also the database. And then I give it the IP address. The beauty of Ansible is that with this, I can group these two together, called the multi. And these are some of the variables that we can pass to to answer when we run. So see, let's go back. let's see. Let's see, let's see. Uh, this is a uh, clock. So who's, okay, let's say if, let's say if I get into a a a an, an environment and see if I want to check if. All my hosts are running. I can do this. This are called ad hoc commands. This is what we're looking at. So, if you remember, we have the group called multi, and then just ping, ping. Then we will have to see if all my machines are up, are up and running. Ah, immediately I can see one of my servers not up. And you can see, as I already know before, that uh, machine is in a group room meditation state, so we should not be able to talk to it, which makes sense. Then I know. We only have two machines. See, if, if that is hindering, let's say I have to do something important about, so let's say the machine is not up, so let's try the different group. I think I have this group and then I can paint these two. Then we know they are up and running. There is also, uh, for now let's skip the other one, let's just use uh, the group application. So we can run the command and see uh, how much time those machines are up. Again, my machine is a little bit slow. You can tell I, I did a big run up. Uh, actually, no, I think this is not the up time, but this is how much time it's uh, hmm, Interesting, I thought I, I provisioned the machine much longer, but anyway, it doesn't matter. This is something we just want to see and we also can run other commands like this and this is called the ad hoc commands this is nothing to do with playing or the playbooks nothing to do with yamls so this is something so let's get back to to the to to the ad hoc command it's a configuration file it's a windows support Linux support is a oh um, i think the reason i said this website is very good is that it has um, an outline about Ansible. It has specifically said BSD support because the inside they mention about uh, something special about the DS, DSP machines, and then something you have to watch out if you run those because it's not common. They but still they do to uh, point out the things. So this is very nice if we can go into here. And then there is something called the Ansible uh, Galaxy. This is. Let's go into it. This is see as we can see. You can refer to a website for sharing and downloading answerable rows. Mm-hmm. Then, but hey, I have not mentioned about rows before. Uh, roles actually is something. Um, what is the good way? I say. Let's hop into a different machine and see. It's something. Uh, what is that new robot in the new Star Wars movie? Is this something called a BB something? BB-8 B- Ah, BB-8, so no wonder it's not so familiar, but when I say VBB, I say for V, brown, Band, or not for that. <laughs> anyway, so this is something, uh, let's go into something called a playbook. Let's take a look at, I have, right here I have three, three files. One is for demo, the other two is just it's for the, um, the show of the playbook. Let's, say let's take a look at the Apache. This is called what we call a playbook. We're putting in, uh, let's go do some dissection. See, I have heard this syntax, the three dash is no longer necessary, but I just put there in a way. And then it specified what are the holes that I want to operate on. Let's say this is a different machine, but I want to uh, do it on the local host, uh, that's why I, I type in local host. Become, that means do you want to become a different user because sometimes if you log into a Linux machine, you have you have to do the as you do and this is a good security practice. And these are the tasks. Task after that is is what we call the modules. We have a name, Dash name is just a, uh, it does nothing. It is to identify what the, the these tasks or these modules and tasks are doing. So this is called in install, called the yum, and with item, that means, see if you see this item, so with item that means it will make sure these two things with the state of present. So we need to make sure Apache is present. If it does not, it will do the yum install for you. Uh, well, this is one thing different than uh, Puppet, is that when we specify these uh, even those are called um desirable state or um I often of forgot the name of it, but it's the uh, PowerShell used the desirable state, but this there is a different name for it. But uh, anyway, it's, it's for puppet you don't have to specify yum, you just have to say this thing is present, then you will figure out which machine is that. For Ansible, it's choose a different route. You have to specify uh your target machine and that and this is another thing. Then you copy the configuration file. This is the instruction. So this is one thing I want to show. Is that uh, what is that uh, thing? Is uh, a setup? Uh, what is the right command? Uh, this is something good about Google. This is something called the Ansible setup. It's going, gather, it's going to gather up the facts of the target machine. And those are the things let's say does, does it have a dash m setup? Oh, I have to specify Ansible local host dash, dash m setup. It may take some time because it's gathering the facts, all the facts about this machine. If you can take a look, these are the things. But why is this so important? that We get the facts. But one, um, see, these are the, called the answerable facts. Different things. If you can tell, this has the IP address. Uh, there's a thing. It's called about the host. About what kind of operating system is running into. This is when we specify the playbook. We can say there is a there's a keyword called when, W H E N, when whatever is equal to something, you do this. So we can always say when the target machine is equal to Ubuntu, then you do the apt-get. If the target machine is, if uh, the ID is something else, it's send OS, then we do the yum install. So this is how we control. It's different from Puppet that we only say, we only want Apache to be present, and that's it. And so let's move on to some, uh, to, to say actually I want to do something about the Linux hardening it on this local machine. Let's take a look into into the this playbook. Again, the host is host uh, local host. It becomes ECS because some of the things uh, we do has to be root. Uh, this is not a good way of, but this is only for uh, per, uh, demo purpose because we do not want to specify the password onto on on this playbooks. Uh, there is some way that we can hide it. It's something called the vault. Ansible Vault that will be able to encrypt the, the, the password for you, but today because we only have one hour, we cannot go into that, but if you look into that feature that you don't have to specify, uh, like me here, that will specify the password, but this is some of the things that we want to do. Of course, first of all, we want to change the root password to a different password. We want to add the user deploy, we want to put, uh, work on it, and then we something we have to want to update the, this package and we want to update something. Uh, this is to install the required package see but it didn't set which package but with item is that a reference to Ubuntu require package that we have this in the in the, in the the earlier in the variable section so the required package is that I have want this unattended upgrade, I want git and for the optional package, I want MOS and VIM. As we can see, which kit currently I don't have, which uh, VIM, which is something I don't have. But I do have the other one. Um, and then I do have this in my system. So it doesn't matter. Even I specified, that means my desire is that I want it to be there. If it is there, it's OK. If not, it's not for me. So let's get back. And this is something. Um install the package and then this is something we will play with the SSH port. Uh but this is not a this is a good one. This is uh for the SSHD, we want to make sure if there's a password authentication is set to a no. And that the permit root lock on is set to a no. Let's take a look at uh yeah, let's see D. Make sure it's the server, not the client. Config. So as word of then, okay. Currently, we have this commented out, so we know. And then there is another the permit uh, permit login. This is currently the, the the parameters that is without password. So after when we run. Uh no, C D V D B b. When we when we run it against the local host, those things will be changed and the git, the VIM should be also let's uh, do it now. So Ansible. This is not the echo command, so the syntax is a little bit different. It's uh, the Ansible playbook and then Linux hardening ammo. Because I have I need to become S U, so I need to put in this parameter. Tax. if I don't then my my run will fail see so they're starting to to do things ah, this is this is something very nice it tells me oh something is wrong fail is one if you can see so what happened I forgot to to do this command because uh I don't have this directory because I have not created that um, uh, that so I need to do the SSH gen uh, often I forgot the come back and see if I can Google SSH. I think it's the Gen Key dash T. I think it's the it's the it's the it's the, the command. Yes. Let's see which one you've been to. SSH Gen dash T RSA. Uh, SSH Gen Key.
0: You have you have two SSH gens in there.
1: Oh, Oh, thank you, because Ansible relies on SSH, so this is very important, uh, keygen, uh, which I have a bigger monitor, key, that's keygen. I have, uh, my password is too short. In case you wonder, I type in A, B, C, D, E. <laughs> so th- so this, is, this is created for me. So now when we get back, let's get back to the demo. We'll run it again, Ansible Playbook. Uh, is it the right? Yes, it should be. Playbook, no uh, ask. So this would be better. just running. I think for me, I did once last night. I think the apt package cache runs a little bit, little bit uh, longer time. So while we are waiting, we can with move on because we still have two more topics to to cover. Uh, I think I believe everyone sees this once or many times in their life. Most users will just click I understand the risk, although they might not, and move on because they just want to get to that web page. But for us, we should we will probably investigate what's going on. And then try to figure out that if this is a secure site that we're we going to go in. Actually, we deal with PKI every day and in a lot of places that we don't even know. For me, when I look when you ask me what a PKI infrastructure is, this is what I define as a digital certificate-based trust system between two parties. And as I have to stress it's between the two parties. And Crypto, crypto cryptography is being used to hide the content of the digital certificate from the third party. So, third party does not know, and the picture says it all. Alice wants to talk to Bob, and they both trust a CA. CA means Certificate Authority, It's something they will trust. they use that to to, to help them to to help them to do some secure uh, communication. See, so, this so is we talk about. Cryptography. Let's see, here. Uh, let's see if the command is done. We're still installing the package so we, we can still go on. Um, this, this is, we'll, see, we'll get back to Alice and trust for the cryptology. They're, they're, uh, this is something where I I'll try to explain what a digital certificate is. Right? But I think uh, most people will know what a digital certificate is. So there are three, there are four goals. For crypto, to crypto, talk, cryptographic, The those are of confidentiality, authentication, integrity of data, and non-repudiation. See for confidentiality, PKI allows Alice and Bob to talk privately. Third party would not know what they are talking about because the message are encrypted before transmission and decrypted when received. And for authentication, PKI provides a way for Alice and Bob to identify themselves. This is just like showing your ID card at the TSA when you are traveling. It has to be an ID picture. So this uh, digital certificate is, some, is to be able to provide the, uh, your identity to the to the other person. So when Bob wants to talk to Alice, he wants to know if it was really uh, Alice that's trying to talk to him and not someone else. This is important because if it is, uh, 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 Alice, uh, actually it's the other way, it's Bob wants to talk to Alice, so Alice would like to know if the person is really Bob and not someone else, so, so this is for authentication. For data integrity is that when they send a message between the two parties, the PKI can provide a way to ensure data integrity, because the message originally could be, can you buy me dinner? If you don't want it to become, I can buy you dinner, so this make a big difference. And for non repudiation this is mostly in court of law. If I use PKI to send you a message, say I owe you $100, later on I cannot deny saying that I did not send you the message because my message is being signed by me. So this is is one thing that uh, the PKI can provide. But have you ever wondered why we call this certificate-based system a public key infrastructure, what is that public key? Actually, if you can see there are three types of cryptography. Oh. The first one is called the secret key. It is also called symmetric key cryptography because the message is encrypt and decrypt with the same key. We use one key to do the encryption and we use the same key to do the decryption. Both parties will know we have to know the same uh, key, same password. The advantage is speed for encryption and decryption. It is a, it is vulnerable for brute force attack. For the if we someone knows you're uh, able to crack the key, so key creation and distribution to the different party is 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 a uh, big job. The longer the key is, of course, is is uh, the more secure. But some of the company used symmetric encryption algorithm uh, called the ASE DES or triple DES. There is no double DES because uh, well, research has found that uh, we doing it twice does not increase the efficiency of the key size. And then sometimes you will see on a movie, we said we use a, a thousand, one or two four bit or 204 two bit encryption. This is being used by the CSI or I think Spot uh, use this a lot too. The next thing is the public key. The for public key it is also called asymmetric key encryption because the two keys are involved, and this is very important that we understand that the two keys are involved. And the two keys, one is called a private key and the other is called a public key. When I create a, a, a key, I have my public key. But then with the algorithm, I will generate a public key which I will give it to you. This, this is something you will keep and I will keep the private key. You, you, will, know not, you will not know my private key but you have to know my public key. So when I send you a message, I encrypt it with my private key, and you will use my public key to decrypt it. So when you reply, you use your public key to encrypt the message and send it back to me, and I will use my private key to decrypt it. So anytime you encrypt something with the private key, you will decrypt it on the public key. If you encrypt with public key, you decrypt with the other key, which is the public key. See when this is. Uh, this may be good, but then it takes time to do to, to computation. And This is where TLS, the, um, when you do the certificate, this is how, we because when you talk to us, when, you, uh, when I try to talk to you, we will use this public key to create the public key and gen, a private key to come up with a symmetric key. So later on with a symmetric key, we, when we talk, use the uh, symmetric key that we negotiate, or we come up with so it's dynamic. It's not something we store uh, beforehand. So it's more dynamic. When I talk to you this time, I use we'll come up with a symmetric key. And the next time we talk tomorrow, we'll use a different key because this is dynamically generated. And then for the third type is something called a hash. Hash is only a one-way encryption. Uh, we're playing that to encrypt. It's called a ciphertext. I think this term is being used a lot. Uh, so when the text is uh, went through a hashing function, it becomes a ciphertext, text. Uh, but we cannot, we know we will be able to convert back to its original form. But what? So what is the use of it? One way is that one good thing is that we can uh, ensure the integrity of the message because um, we we can let's say if for the password we do the hash, we use the same hash, we will come up with the same. Text, we will come up with the same set of text. So this is how we know that this is not uh, being tampered with. So let's see if we have, oh, so we let's we'll get back to Ansible. This is done. So if you can see 16 tasks is done. There is no failure. So right now I should have git install my system. Uh, so if I can type, we have vim. And let's we go back to XC SSH SSHD config. Let's look for password fan. This one is commented out. But then you can see Ansible created for me the. Before, even though it's commented out, but what we want is that I want the target machine to have password of to be no. So even though the, that was commented, it's okay. It's ansible. it's created this for me. And then uh, permit. Before it was something else I forgot, but now it's set to a no. So we know this is how we can, I, I do it the demo in one machine and especially this demo touches on SSH. I don't want it to different, But if you want to, let's say, if you want to spin up a uh, hundred servers and you want to harden them, to, to, you can tailor this and then apply do to this ansible. And when the host is not local, you can just apply to the group and on the inventory, and then apply the same uh, same command to the to the target machine. And that's where you where you can do it, do the do do the job for you in in the E E C away. so now we have finished talking about Ansible and we have talked about uh, PKI so the slideshow is done let's get back to, to the to the marriage so when my boss told me told me um, that I have to get this done the first place I come to the screen is that I come to this page so like people if you uh, PKI, well, if you PKI Chef and PKI, you will see a lot of blog posts talking about it too. But for me, I use Ansible, so I type this Ansible PKI. So for this, actually, this is uh, something I want to mention if you are into Ansible. This is a very good site, although I did not, because I did not use this for my work, but then this is a good, good site, uh, where is the... This is GitHub, but they do have a, a um, website that talks about... Uh, okay, uh, I think this, this is called Deep, Deep Ops. This is more to what uh, DbDebian. Um, if you go to this place, you'll see different things you can, you can use, use Ansible to configure your whole infrastructure. But anyway, so I'll get back to to the original thing. Then I think there is one thing. What's that? Uh, looking for that? Uh, there is one thing. Hmm. The interesting about about Google search is that the search doesn't come back all the same all the time. It depends. Uh, uh, there is. Uh, hmm. I think I one thing I was talking to uh, to to um, to, a, to a seasoned conference speaker. What he told me is that this is um, being a great speaker is not something what you present. Being a great teacher is when something goes wrong, how you recover is the most important thing. And I'm trying to recover from. Uh, That's I find it good thing. I don't have to do much recovery. What I find this thing is uh, is very. Useful for me actually. I use this to download my my um, the, all all these necessary files. But before that, I want to show you something about in, um, Ansible Galaxy. Let's say if I have uh, so let's say if I want because there is a command called Ansible Galaxy. Init, let's say, uh, test. This is my something like this. This will create a standard directory for me with all the rows. See, this is done. Then you can see you can have these standard directories the defaults, the file, the handler. This is all the rows. And then something will. Something we, this is something we, we um, let go back, is to do this, I will just simply install from Ansible Galaxy and it will install this on my local system. Let's say I have this. Uh, so this will install this for me, the, the, the network Simple PKI. Let's try to do this now. This is some. This is one command uh, was not installed successfully. You do not have permission. Ah, uh, I see. So I need to Let's, uh, uh, let's see. Let's to this one. Now, this time it's installed so successfully because I'm root. Okay. Oh, so, where does it go after that? It's not in my local directory. I, I, I do this command in this, but it's not nowhere in found. It is being installed in SC Ansible Pro. This is where. So, the problem I have is my, my struggle with that. I see this, I was so happy when I found this web page i say, oh, this is great, this is exactly what I need. And, and simple, uh, so after I download, I said, OK, where, where are my files? So I have to uh, take a look and find, find it myself. And then you can see this is something I download. And then because actually I download this on this machine, I make some modification. Instead, I call cfspki PKI. Let's go into and take take a quick look at what it has. See if you remember when we do the uh, Ansible Galaxy init, we have some standard directories, and for sure, this one has the similar thing. And uh, I forgot to show you the readme uh, template before that, but uh, we don't have much time left, so we'll skip that. But if you do the um, Ansible Galaxy init, uh, you will see the readme the readme template. This one, that this one has some content. So let's let's take a look quickly. Take a look. It tells you about the whole project. Where to look at, find some of the things. Uh, some of the things that you need to specify. And this is where I said uh, I need to make some modification. See, before I had just one 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 command, and this is the modification. And the next command is a private PKI is going to generate for me. So one thing I'm saying is let's take a look because this is default. You have to see main.yaml. Handlers also have this. Meta. Task. This has more because this has the other one. And then something, uh, since we are here, we want to something about the roles is that task. Main. This is something called the include. See this YAML file, this Ansible is going to execute the main YAML, And then within that, if we do the include, Ansible is also going to include this and execute, just like calling a function in the programming area. So we just will also execute this YAML, this one, and this one. And this is some features that we can reuse some of the rows to, to, so that we don't have to write the whole thing as one big package and we can use, we use some of the, just like modular programming and then uh, we have the templates 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 something uh, no this is let's see see there's something called a J2, there's, called a, there's this kind of uh, Format is what Ansible used to do the templates. Let's take a look at one of the templates. Let's see let's see server config. See this is the, the template that Ansible is going to use. See something I have to go in to specify because I I have to specify all this. Ah, I forgot to show you the, the, the certificate. And, Something later on the standard directory, we have the vars. We also have the main main.yaml. So in this directory, I have this file called gen. With this, I will be able to create a my private PTI. Also, I forgot to specify uh, specifics, uh, default, main. Think this is where I specified the location of my target, where I want I want to create the root CFS PKI, uh, the whole PKI infrastructure in this directory. And before that, let's get out and take a look at the certificate. You can see this is a Wikipedia PEM. PEM is a certificate. There is a dot PEM directory, there is a dot D-E-R. PEM is a ASCII base. D-E-R is binary base. And CRT is also similar to PEM, but uh, offhand, I forgot, one is used by Microsoft, the other is used by the Linux community. And the Linux community can understand both, but Microsoft can only either understand the CRT format or the PEM. Uh, not the format the format is the same but the with the extension somehow Microsoft does things always a little bit different so when we look at Wikipedia, this is what we see but well this is not human readable Good thing is that we can uh, there's open ss l s l x Text, just we can decrypt the the, the certificate. Ah, don't worry, just that it's go through. It is again. Okay. See, this is something when we look at a certificate. This is something. There's a few things I want to point out. It's the version. Version is three, but the value is two because it's zero base. Zero means version one. One means two. Two means three. Well, anyway, and then. So, there are a few things we want to take a look at the certificate. When we decrypt a certificate, is it's the issuer. Who issued this certificate? It is the global sign. Um, this is where they, and then they have more different information. This is the issuer. And then validity. This certificate is valid from December 15, December 10, 2015, to December 10, and they even have the specific, uh, have the a specific time of validity being so this not before not after so within this time period this certificate itself is valid and the subject subject means this is what I am vouching for. See the Wikipedia organization. See so what they said is global sign vouch for this, and then later on you will see. Uh, did I? Oh, I didn't do the out. So this is something, alternative name is something that being used by DNS. So what this certificate is also valid for these domains. And then there's other things, another for certificate, I think something we need to un, uh, also look at is to see if this particular certificate is valid or not. So for this inside the certificate, also specify the CRL called, the um, what is the CRL? Um, Certificate revocation list, so for this one, the revocation list is being stored in this location, so if, so if you are web browser, you will be able to go to this place and see if this particular uh, certificate is still valid, being revocated, even though the the valid period is true, that, um, the issue is also what you it's also true, but then if it is being replicated, that means this certificate is no good. maybe the, the password gets compromised and there's something called OCSP. this is a more dynamic. If you do an EV certificate, the extended value, I think this is some of the marketing term you will for sure use OCSP to, to validate to see if the certificate is good. okay so this is human readable form and you might want to say, why is this section here? Because this is already decoded the whole thing. Actually, a certificate has two things. The first part of the certificate holds all the necessary information. But this is only information. I can construct a certificate with just this information and send it to you. Just like if I can create a toy driver's license and present it to TSA, they will not take it because they know it's not uh, a valid driver's license. Then for a certificate, how do we know it is a valid certificate? It is, the, you will know it's because uh, with all this information, uh, the CA, the certificate authority, will use its private key to, to encrypt the whole thing into something like this. So when I'm the receiver or when I'm the browser, I will use the signer because I have, always have to know who signs this certificate. I have the signer's public key to make sure that all this information there is have the same result, so I know because so we will be able to fulfill the data integrity, configuration uh, and also authentication. For uh, we for, for fulfill these two goals with this certificate. So if if so, that's why we also have to always load the. If you go to the browser, there is also a certificate section. Is there where we load the the certificate with the signer this uh, the the certificate authorities' public key information so again, if you look at the public key uh it's asymmetric encryption we, we if they encrypt the thing the the, the thing with their private key we would have to use the their public key that we have to decrypt it so that's why we call this a public key infrastructure oh I think I only have two more minutes, so I have to quickly get to this machine, uh, no, I was already in this machine. Um, uh, let's see, as you do, let's go back to to that. Uh, let's see, is no, I want to go to etsy Ansible. Let's see the rows. Let's see, this, um, V I. I want to make sure I don't have this. So what I do is, since I, this time I already as root, so I don't need to use the become, and then I can use ansible, Galaxy gen. This one. Uh install. Steam well I probably forgot. Not insert uh no it's not install. Uh let's get back to see no the install is to get it done and then uh no that should be it. Um uh, hmm. I hope the marriage will be successful, but then it seems like there is some complication as it is to check Local host, the role is CvSPKI. Uh this is how you we run the whole thing, Ansible No. Ah, I know what's wrong. It's not Ansible Galaxy. Ansible Galaxy is to get the file. Now, I have the whole thing. I need to do the Ansible playbook. Ansible playbook. This is how we run. So, this is creating all the certificates. This thing is also creating some revoked certificates we, we can test. So this is what you can see. Ah, this is one thing I could, I'm, I'm trying to look for this failure. If it is red or not equal to zero, that means something is good. So good, now you may kiss the bride. So we we'll go to root and see this. Before we don't have this directory, now we have all this. ca, we have all this, you have see the cert. The signing CA, certs, I saw this. Uh, CRL is all the revoked rev, certificates. And also, what's in ETC? I don't even know what's in EDC. Oh, this is the configura- configuration file that we use to, 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 to do the configuration. So, it's also there. And now I have created myself a private PKI with Ansible. And then See the, the development department will use this directory and all this content, the, the certificates to test and then later on when the product went to go through product test, product test will also use the same setup and do the same testing. And when they see a problem, when they get back to us we can know how to debug. or else it will take us a lot of time to just to figure out oh your PKI environment is not the same as me and that takes already takes some time. but. That's why I like that Off so much. Is that we have been able to use animation or automation to create some standard environment so that the productivity will increase. And that's all I have. Is there any question from the audience today?
0: Uh, there, there has not been a, a question from the audience. But dude, that was that was uh, fantastic. Um, thank you, uh, thank you for the for the for the lessons and the demo. That was excellent.
1: Hi, thank you so much for the opportunity. I can present a rebound back. It is an honor to be able to present a rebound
0: <laughs> Not at all. It's it's an honor to have you. Thank you, Mr. Chow. Cool. Hi, thank you. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and uh, stop the recording now.